The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left-to-right dimensional stereo. Make sure you listen to this episode in full so you don't miss all this. Air's clit was smaller than hers. He ran his hand down Arthur's cock. And I was so scared and so ashamed. It would be an absolute travesty to overlook this. Hello, erotica connoisseurs. This is Avril, and you're listening to all the filthy details, the Erotica Communities Podcast. This is the first episode after our shakeup behind the scenes. We still intend to bring you as much captivating erotica as before, but we also want to introduce you to some more voices from the erotica community via our pulse sessions. Almost all erotica creators can get involved. Contact us on Twitter for more details. Let's kick off the show with a piece of erotica from the Erotic Diary of Emily. It's one of the newest erotic thrillers that we have exclusively on our Patreon offering. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. Literally Lovesick presents The Erotic Diary of Emily Written by Phoenix Fox and Derek Andre Narrated by Vicky Jo Eva Copyright 2023 by Literally Lovesick All rights reserved The story, all names, characters and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious No identification with actual persons living or deceased, places, buildings and products is intended or should be inferred. Sunday, August 14th. A headache from hell best described my Sunday morning. Sonia arrived earlier than expected for lunch, and despite her early arrival and my impatient stomach, there was no way I was going anywhere without a shower. Just as the thunderous jets of water lulled me into a doze, I found myself unnerved by the familiar tune of my ringtone. What if it was Jude? I shut the water off, almost stumbled coming out of the cubicle, then slipped on the wet floor. I cursed wrapping a towel around my body, then rushed from the bathroom. Sonia held my phone as though she pondered whether to answer. She turned around with a grin and flashed the screen at me, which read, Amber, and I began to shake my head rapidly. Don't answer that! I squealed, snatching the phone from her hands. She chuckled and crossed her arms and gave me a look that said, Spill it! So, last night I went to a lesbian bar with a co-worker. I met Amber there and, well, one thing led to another and we fooled around. I laughed and shrugged. She's been sending messages all day, but I think I've realised I don't swing that way. It was enjoyable, but that's not really my scene. At least you've washed the goods for me. Sonia giggled with a playful wink and a pat on my ass. I remember my first time with a woman. It can be fun. But once is sometimes enough, yeah? Another notification interrupted us, this time chiming from the computer. 
I turned to see it on the bed and I shot her a look. I hadn't left it there before. She motioned me forward to look. I sent you a new playlist. As I approached the screen, her temperament betrayed her. She practically winced before looking at me as I edged closer to the laptop. An unreadable emotion flashed across her face, but even that was gone just as quickly. Sonia turned the computer towards me so I could see what she saw. It was another direct message intended for Jude on his social media. Posing seductively with her face cropped out of the photo, this woman was completely naked. I still had no idea who she was. There was just a hint of an unfamiliar tattoo on the side of her breast, and I spotted the username I'd come to We made it to the beehive for a pub lunch, and Sonia's mood seemed to further curdle the longer we were out. She picked at her salad while I made an attempt at small talk, but she kept checking her phone and staring out the window. Should I have felt guilty about leaning on my friends so much? I didn't think so. Was it really that much of a toxic situation? Finally, I pushed for an answer. So, I fooled around with a woman last night and you were totally cool with that. But you see Cloudbuster's message and suddenly you're acting weird. Is the tattoo? Do you know who that is? Look, Emily, I'm as much in the dark as you are. She protested. I don't know why this is happening to you and it feels odd trying to guide you through this. Things felt a little tense between us. But I didn't feel responsible for putting her on edge. I just didn't get what was wrong with her. And then she gave me something which looked like a clue. Oh, shit, she said. What is it now? I questioned, looking at the concerned look on Sonia's face. It's that woman, she said, gesturing discreetly at one of the ladies stood near the pool table. The one with the gash on her head. Helen's sister, Sandra, got into it with her for some drunken reason. I can't even remember why. It led to us being kicked out of ministry at staggered times apart from Helen. The thing was, instead of calling it a night, we ended up in the chippy, where some asshole guy gave her some blow. We left, deliberately slipping behind some trees in Gentry Park to be discreet while she took a bump, which was when we spotted that same bitch walking towards that road they named after the missing woman. Mills Way? Yes, her. Anyway, on spotting the woman... Sandra picked up a huge rock and threw it towards her. I don't know what she intended, but it knocked her out clean. Sandra fled, catching me off guard, with me twisting an ankle and snapping a heel trying to follow suit. ...mortalised, and the set of Brock is an enigma. That modified rhyme predates any of the world wars. The Badger's set was thought to have lasted around World War II, but the underground history of New Sussex has existed since the era of nobility, castles and religious oppression. Part of New Sussex is built on top of a series of ancient tunnels, which allow people from a bygone era to move unnoticed. The Badger's set are a big part of our local history, and residents have been sleeping with each other in these underground bunkers for centuries. Consider the set to be the modern-day equivalent of a swinging club. Fascinating, I said, but something about that made me shiver. This must have been an impossible place for a woman to be alone. Perhaps I should take you up on that offer to escort me home, I teased. Thought I'd lost my shot the other night. I tossed a note down for the coffee and sprang to my feet. 
In a desperate urge to wipe away the uneasiness settling in my chest, I offered him a hand. Let's get out of here. Ten minutes later, we burst through the door of his flat. Our clothes were flying in all directions. He told me his name was Sean and that he was a professional tennis player. I didn't bother to check with him on the truth of that statement. Butterflies raced through my chest as the thrill of having sex with an unfamiliar man swelled to a peak and to slip inside. He didn't. How do you feel about anal? Have you ever... I shook my head, no, and he smiled into a kiss he pressed into my mouth. Would you like to try, Emily? I can make it really nice for you. Feeling like this was too naughty of an answer to vocalise, I nodded. Sean retrieved a bottle of lube stashed in his bedside table, and he poured a courteous amount onto his fingers before introducing a digit to my rim. Skillfully, he massaged his way around the area and then leaned down to take my clit into his greedy mouth. His masterful onslaught was perfectly synchronised. His suction on my pussy was pure and utter bliss and seemed to do the trick for getting me to let him in. He worked slowly, one finger at a time. By the time he had pushed three inside, I was throbbing. Feeling stretched like this was a sensation that I never expected to enjoy, alongside the feeling of a tongue lapping at my wet core. I watched with keen interest as he pulled his fingers free to massage the lube onto his slightly curved dick and notch it against my ass. His hand took the place where his mouth left off and he began to push his cock against my ring of muscles at the same time his fingers danced on my clit. No one had ever played my body like an instrument before. No one had ever seemingly known every single part to touch and exactly when. The ache in my ass was soothed by the delicate touch of his hands and he worked them both in tandem, making my moans the music that filled the air. Once he was fully sheathed inside, he pulled out all the way to the tip, only to pump himself slowly back in. I arched off the bed in time with his thrusts, and when Sean leaned forward, I grabbed at his nape, eager to meet him in a hard kiss. Is that good? His pace was steady but restrained. I could tell he wanted more, to go faster, deeper. Yeah. I moaned against his mouth, gripping at him and at the sheets. I kept moving my hips, thrust for thrust. You want more? My head spun. I knew I'd feel him there later. I'd never expected to enjoy anal, but now I felt so completely full. Yes, I want it. He flipped me over and gave me a slap on the ass, and I let out a yelp when he lifted my hips, spread me wide and pushed back in. My ass took him at once, and I groaned face first into his pillows. With a firm grip on the back of my neck, Sean sank into me. I rubbed at my clit, even as he pounded into me, and when he leaned forward to growl that he was going to fill my ass up had come, I all but begged him to do it. My cries echoed in his dark, empty apartment, and I came, knowing I'd be dripping with him all the way back home. Don't forget to visit our Patreon page to access the complete, uninterrupted audio. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs>
We love giving you erotica for free, but realistically, the ability to access our full explicit audiobook library without the chatter belongs behind a paywall. Therefore, you'll find our Patreon to be one of the most compelling offers for an insignificant amount of cash. Follow the links to see what you could be missing for a lot less than what you thought. Hot erotica titles to look out for. A young writer, Jessica Seeks, has been chained to a desk in a mirror-walled dungeon and made to write erotica for the pleasure of a mysterious stranger. The man behind the mirror. Her book, Mirror Secret Mirror, has just been published. You can find it on Amazon, Apple, and all major ebook retailers. It's available in both print and digital formats. Get your copy now to read the next big thing in erotica before everyone else. At the End of the World by Christian Pan Come to what feels like the end of the world, to a New England college campus where anything goes. Five stories, one unforgettable night, every kind of sex. At the End of the World, available in print and ebook. Enticed. Book two in the Chastity Contract series by James Harcourt. Embark on a riveting and tantalizing journey as you follow the story of a married couple who sees an opportunity presented by a wealthy widow. By embracing a chastity agreement, they unlock a world of financial abundance to bring their dreams to life. Prepare for a power shift as Emma assumes the dominant role, leaving Nate yearning for more. Join them on their extraordinary medical examinations and experience Catherine's exceptional dinner party, where she mentors other couples, asserting her control over more than just men. Get ready for an alluring reading experience that will leave you breathless. The Witch of Rosemary Lane Connor is infatuated with Felina, a captivating cat lover who may be a witch. As their relationship deepens, Connor uncovers Felina's connection to a mysterious disappearance and her dark fantasies. Despite warnings, he can't resist spending more time with her and her intelligent black cat. When a neighbour tries to poison Felina's cats, Connor investigates and finds the neighbour murdered with the same poison. As police question him, Connor must decide how much he should reveal. Is there a future for them, or has his desire blinded him to Felina's true nature? Links to all these titles can be found in the description. Can we say a huge thank you to everyone who took part in our impromptu competition on Twitter? We asked the erotica community for suggestions for the name of this episode, and the winner was BDSM writer Jessica Jones. For her suggestion, unrestrained. We'll be sending Jessica a Kindle copy of this episode's star recommendation, winning book, and an Amazon voucher as well. You're listening to all the filthy details. <laughs> it's time for our spotlight on erotic authors. Paul Garland has received our star recommendation for his erotic masterpiece, The Detective Hot Wife. Now, let's dive deeper into the curious mind behind this mystery. Hello, Paul. Hi there, my name's Paul Garland. I'm an erotica writer, focusing primarily on the hot wife and cuckold as niche or genre. 
I publish my books on Amazon and other good ebook stores, Apple, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, Google Play Books and the like. I'm from the UK. I am mid 40s, married, kids and a mortgage, all that stuff, pets. Yes. And uh, I live just on the outskirts of the steel city of Sheffield. I'm very lucky to live a little bit out in the countryside in the Peak District in the historic county of Derbyshire, where we're, uh, we're very happy. I have a nice little writing office set away where I spend time writing my filth and my fluffy porn, and I'm very happy doing it and, and will continue to be writing. I've got over 40 books out now. I say you can find them on Amazon and other good ebook stores. And I also write on medium.com. I have a page on there where I serialize stories and contribute towards a group which I help run, which is called ACHE, A C H E, the authors of Cuckold and Hotwife Erotica. From what our research has led us to believe, you've been writing for a long time before switching to erotica in the last couple of years. Is this the case? And what inspired you to write erotica? Indeed, that is accurate. I've been writing for 20 years in various genres, horror and mysteries for the most part, and uh, started publishing erotica six or seven years ago. Um, I began writing erotic fan fiction, and then I dropped some stories onto literotica, um, purely because um, I've always been interested in the hot wife and sort of cocoa lifestyle. Um, me and my wife have, have lived it for, a, for quite a while now and uh, it was sort of cathartic to write about it and the stories that I wrote were really well received so I thought why not give indie publishing a try I put some of them into ebook format published them on Amazon and uh, that's how it all started and I've not looked back We loved your book The Detective Hotwife we thought it was one of the best structures, intriguing erotica reads we've had the pleasure of reading. For those unfamiliar with the title, please remind our listeners of the premise of the book. And please tell us, what were your inspirations in regards to writing this book? Oh, thank you. Uh, I read a lot of Agatha Christie growing up, and I've always been a fan of the, the cozy mystery genre. I was talking to a fellow writer about hybrid books, where you take elements of two genres and you mash them together to create a book that sort of sits in both 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 niches, both genres. And it really excited me. So after that conversation, I had the idea of taking a cosy mystery and a hot wife erotica, uh, which I was already writing, of course. And um, the detective hot wife idea was born. Um, the detective hot wife itself is the first in the series because the, the, the minute this idea took hold in my mind. I saw it as being a, a, a trilogy. So The Detective Hot Wife, which is out now, that's the, that's the first in the series. The second book, The Thirst Trap, will hopefully be out at the end of August. And a third book, The Hot Wife Games, which is going to be part of a big collaboration, which I'll be announcing more news on soon. Hopefully that's coming out in October. There's also a prequel as well, because when I first got the idea, I wasn't sure if it would work or not. So I wrote a story called The Hot Wife's Love Letter, which I published in February. That was part of the Ultimate Hot Wife Valentine collaboration with a lot of other hot wife authors. And it was really well received. So that encouraged me to go on and, and write The Detective Hot Wife. And it was a huge success for me. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much because it, it's a book with a lot of twists and turns. So if you're interested, go and check it out on Amazon. 
but it's about Lizzie Hawke. She's our sleuth. She's our detective. And she's a hot wife. She's in a hot wife relationship with her husband uh, who enjoys uh, seeing her sleep with other men. And uh, so she uses that as part of her sleuthing arsenal, giving her an advantage over other sleuths because she can actually sleep with the suspects and get into their confidence that way. And it's just a lot of fun. So go check it out. This book, like many of your others, operates in a very distinct niche. How do you approach the process of creating complex and relatable characters within this niche? I've always been lucky in that characters just tend to form in my mind. Um, that was, you know, when I was writing horror and, and, and mysteries and thrillers. Before I started publishing Erotica, I never had any problems creating characters. Uh, and I don't really sort of base them on anybody I know or anything like that. Um, I, I just don't have a problem creating sort of characters. But what I tend to do is come up with um, the name and the aesthetic, the, look, the general look of the character, and then everything else, the personality and, and things like that, just kind of fall into place. And I, I tend to find, as a writer, if you just come up with the bare bones of a character, their personality will kind of shine through once you put them into conflict. So find your conflict, find a character, put an obstacle in front of them, work out how they get around that obstacle and the, 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 their personality and their traits and everything just start falling into place. That's how it works for me. Um, say I do have a little bit of experience in, in, the, in the world of hot wives and, and um, with living the lifestyle for a little while. So I'm sure I probably do base a few characters subconsciously without realising it on, on people that I've met and things like that but um, but yeah I create the characters create the plot and then it just kind of comes together for me I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm just lucky that way we understand that you're an avid gamer which popular video game characters do you think are tailor-made for the erotic world and tailor-made for your niche before you answer I'm going to eliminate Dalsim from Street Fighter for cervix busting reasons Ah, yes, you have done your research. I am a big gamer. I'm, I'm really into playing Diablo at the minute, um, the new ARPG from Blizzard. Uh, that's fun. Yeah, I like the corp element. I like the social side of gaming. Um, I like big MMOs and things like that. It's great fun. Which popular game characters are well suited for the erotica genre? Um, yes, do exclude Dalsim, because that's just very perverted. I like it. Um, uh, what about Chun-Li? Khan, who wouldn't enjoy... Um, an evening with Chun Li. Let's be honest; those boobs. Um, so I don't know. I, I really don't. I really don't know. Um, I like Overwatch. Uh, Mercy from Overwatch. She would be. She's she's a, a medic healer type character in Overwatch. And yes, I would like to be treated by Nurse Mercy anytime. Yeah, she's blonde, big boobs. Give me give me that all day long. I understand you've been doing collaborations. Who have you worked with, and how challenging were those projects? Yeah, I started doing collaborations last year with the Ultimate Hot Wife series, which was extremely well run and well orchestrated uh, by a, an author friend of mine called Lacey Cross. Uh, we did the Ultimate Hot Wife Christmas, the Ultimate Hot Wife Valentine, the Ultimate Hot Wife series. I'm not involved with it at the minute because I've been busy with other collaborations, but they're very, very good. There's some really talented authors there, so go check those out. Um, there's a summer one ongoing right now 
So yeah, go and have a look at the Ultimate Hot Life series on Amazon. They're in Kindle Unlimited, so you don't, you know, you can even read them for free if you're a Kindle Unlimited member. Um, but at the minute, I'm heavily involved, and I'm an editor of a of a group called Ache, which is the authors of Cuckold and Hot Wife Erotica, A A C H E. You can use the hashtag on Twitter to find out more about us. And we like to think we're the best of the best in the Cuckold and Hot Wife uh, Erotica niche. Um, and we got together basically to promote the niche itself. It's for the betterment of all the authors we cross promote. We share knowledge, we have a Discord group, and we chat a lot in there and encourage each other and give each other ideas and critiques and things like that. It's a really positive um, group. And we did our first collaboration in um, uh, in June, which was a, a lot of fun. It was very difficult, challenging to do. That was called the Hot Life Key Party. And um, the premise behind that is um, a key party. Um, all these couples are invited to a big celebrity mansion in Los Angeles and it's a, it's a big sex party and uh, there are 10 authors involved um, Lacey Cross was another one of them Max Sebastian, Kirsten McCurran, G.K. Grayson go check out the full list uh, again they're all on Amazon and they're wide as well so they're, they're on Apple Books and, and everywhere basically that sells ebooks. the Hot Wife Key Party and yeah 10 authors, 10 books, one party each author brings a separate couple to the party and tells their side of the story. And, um, yeah, it's very dirty and very fun. As for challenges, it's basically um, the communication side of it. You've got to... Everybody's got to be talking. You've got to all be on the same page when it comes to these collaborations. And then there's the timing side of it as well, where you're setting a publishing schedule. And if you're the organiser of the collaboration, you've kind of got to steer everybody in the right direction make sure everybody's on track everybody's on time that the books are going to be coming out as scheduled um it's a little bit like herding cats as my friend Lacey cross would say um but yeah they're a lot of fun to be involved they're great because of the cross promotional you know we're all promoting each other's books and it's a really it's really good for the readers as well because you get to explore discover new authors that you might like um, after reading your favourite author, you might give somebody else in the series a ring and find out that you like them as well. So it's good for everybody concerned. A lot of fun. You should um, anybody that's looking at getting involved in a collaboration, definitely give it a try. It's it's good fun. Are there any particular genres or styles of writing that you would like to explore in the future outside of your current repertoire? Um, as I mentioned, I already um, I've written in the past. I've written thrillers, horrors. And had some success actually publishing in the traditional publishing world. A very limited success. Um, it didn't last. Um, I had one uh, book published traditionally, which actually did really well. But then the deal never came together for the second book, which was a shame. But I also write um, screenplays. And again, I've had some success. I've actually had some stuff on TV, um, which uh, I keep the two, the erotica side and, and the non-erotica side separate for obvious reasons. Uh, but yes, I'm actually thinking of writing a couple of non-erotica horror thrillers and publishing them under a new pen name, which I will share with my Paul Garland readers. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that in the future. It will still have erotic elements to it because I'm a pervert at the end of the day. So I'm, there's always going to be some, some, some sex scenes in there. That's just me. Are there any future writing projects or ideas that you're excited about and would like to pursue? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I've got more ideas 
in my head and written down than you would believe. Um, yeah, I've got lots of projects lined up. I tend to sort of have a rough schedule of projects going sort of six months ahead. Sometimes it's hard to focus on the next project because I'm so excited to move on to a future one. Um, but yes, I've got the... Obviously, I have the next Hot Wife, um, Detective Hot Wife story um, and the one after that as well, both sketched out. I've got an ongoing series called Holiday Hot Wives. That's my next book, um, a book called Gemma, Four Letter Words. That should be out at the end of this month. The Holiday Hot Wives series is a lot of fun. Um, then I've got a future collaboration with my erotica writer friend, G.K. Grayson. A story which is going to be really good. That's coming out in September. And it's provisionally called The Wishing Fairy Chronicles. It's something a little bit more fantastical and weird. Um, it's another hot wife cuckold story. Um, me and G.K. are both writing one book each around the central premise. Um, yeah, that's going to be an awful lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth stuck into writing that next month. Um, in October, we have The Hot Wife Games, which is going to be a big collaboration with five other authors from AIC, the, the group I told you about, the authors of Cuckold and Hot Wife Erotica. And that's going to be the third book in the Lacey Hawk Detective Hot Wife series. Then I have two more books which are going to be revisiting an old series of mine called The Size Queen Stories. Um, I wrote there's two in that series at the moment. Um, and that, yeah, this is going to be books three and four, although it is going to be about new characters. So it's kind of going to be a spin-off from that series rather than a direct continuation. But um, yes, always loads of projects from me. I've got all my books sort of planned out till the end of the year and I've got a rough idea of what I'm going to be doing next year. So... Uh, I like to be quite organised like that. I always, I always like to know what I'm writing on, you know, what I'm going to be writing next. Can we get a preview of something you're working on? Of course, yeah. Here's a preview of my new book, I Caught My Wife in Bed With My Boss. Uh, it comes out on Amazon on the 21st of July, so by the time this podcast goes out, it's probably just come out. Um, it'll be available on Amazon and all good ebook stores. I walked slowly up the path to the front door, rehearsing what I was going to say to my wife in my head. I decided to tell her everything. How my suspicions had arisen, why I'd planted the cameras, what I'd witnessed today. Then I'd give her time to explain herself before talking further to discuss where our relationship went from here. But everything changed as soon as I walked through the door. Oh, hello, Pamela said, standing in the hallway, obviously surprised to see me. She was still naked, and I could see dried cum on the inside of her thighs. I was just going in the shower. Why are you walking around with no clothes on? I closed the door behind me and then waited for an answer. Oh, I just had my lover around for some daytime sex, she replied sarcastically, catching me off guard for a moment before laughing. I'm joking. I got undressed to go in the shower. Then I realised I haven't got any clean clothes, so I just put a load in the washing machine. The washing machine was indeed spinning in the kitchen, so perhaps she was telling me a half-truth. Right, I said giving her time to confess the truth, but she didn't. She simply arched an eyebrow and smiled at me. So, are you going to tell me why you're home early? She didn't even seem nervous. I was so tempted to tell her everything. That I'd caught her, that I'd seen her having sex with another man, but something stopped me. If I told her, how did I explain not stopping it? Why did I let them carry on? Would she ask why I'd just sat there, watching them on my laptop, letting them fuck until they'd finished? Would she guess that it had turned me on? 
what other explanation could there possibly be? I left work because I had a headache, I found myself saying, rather lamely. But it's gone now. Really? Pablo walked towards me, seeming unconcerned about me seeing the dry sperm between her thighs. Oh, my poor hubby. Why don't you join me in the shower? Without waiting for an answer, she took me by the hand and led me upstairs. My cock was still hard and aching from the sight of her nudity. I followed her into the bathroom. Let me get you out of those stuffy clothes. Pamela closed the door to the bathroom and undid the buttons on my shirt. I was so caught out by her cool and brazen behaviour that I simply stood there and let her undress me until she pulled down my shorts to reveal my throbbing erection. Your headache didn't stop you from getting hard on her. Well, I didn't expect to walk in on my wife naked in the hallway. I offered us an explanation, but she wasn't listening. She was already on her knees, taking my cock in her mouth. Oh, fuck, it felt so good. I needed release. I could let her do this, then confront her afterwards, right? I, I was, well, I was not going to have sex, though. Not with my boss's sperm still inside her pussy. Oh, you're so hard, she murmured around my dick. I want it. Come in the shower with me, baby. She stood up then, leaving my erection throbbing and wanting more, and she turned the shower tap on. And as the room began to fill with steam, she grabbed my dick and pulled me under the stream of hot water, then put her soft lips against mine and kissed me. I love you, she murmured against my mouth. How could she love me? Yes, I'd heard her say it to Nick. She told me, she told him that she loved me, but how was it even possible for her to be fucking him behind my back and then be like this with me just moments later? How did it not bother her? How was she not showing any signs of guilt? Or was this her way of dealing with the guilt? She was jerking me off while kissing me. Fuck me, baby, she said softly. Then she turned away, placed her hands against the wall of the shower and pushed her ass out towards me. I couldn't. Could I? Oh, fuck it. I took my cock in one hand and guided it towards her pussy as she leaned forward to give me a better view. Oh, his cum will still be inside her. Uh, for some reason, I didn't care. I was horny. I needed sex. I put the tip of my dick against her hole, and then she pushed back, sliding it inside her. Her pussy felt wet and slightly loose, like when you woke up in the middle of the night and you did it again after already having sex earlier before going to sleep. I knew the wetness was Nick's sperm, but well, I didn't let it stop me. I was too horny. I just tried not to think about it. It felt good, like we were using lube. I put my hands on her hips, thrust into her hard. Oh, that's it, she, she murmured. Go on, fuck me rough if you want to. Oh, you want it rough, do you? I could do rough when I wanted to, so I grabbed her long, dark, wet hair and I began to pound into her as hard and as fast as I could. Yes, fuck me, she moaned, pushing back against me to meet every thrust. Fuck me and come inside me, baby. Fuck your wife's slutty pussy. Slutty? Was that her way of admitting what she'd done? Yeah, you are a slut, aren't you? I grunted, thrusting into her fast now, close to coming. I'm your dirty slut, baby, she moaned. Fuck me like the slutty whore I am. She was a slutty whore. She wasn't lying, but for some reason, despite that being true rather than role play, her saying it still turned me on. I felt my balls tighten, and I buried myself deep inside her as I came. Oh, adding my sperm to Nick's. It felt oddly satisfying, like she was mine again now, as if I'd reclaimed her. I think you should finish work earlier more often, Pamela giggled, when I finally released her hair from my grip and let her stand up. I saw my cum dribble from her just as Nick's had done earlier, only this time it was washed away by the hot water streaming down her body. 
That was amazing. She was right. It had been amazing. I hadn't felt as satisfied after sex as I did now for a long time. How can we follow you on social media? I am all over social media. So you can, first of all, look at my website, www.paulgarland.net. I'm also on Twitter, um, at Erotica Paul. I'm on Facebook under Paul Garland Erotica and Instagram also Paul Garland Erotica. I'm not on threads yet. I haven't caught up with the whole threads thing. I'm going to have to have a look at that at some point. And I also have a Medium page, um, which if you just go to medium.com, search for Paul Garland Erotica. I publish in a couple of different publications, primarily the Ake publication on there. And I have my own Discord group and things like that. But go to the website. Um, most of my books and the information that you need is on there. Add me on Twitter and Facebook and then you'll find all the rest. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Uh, it's something I've actually, I've been listening to the podcast quite a bit recently and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I love the varying content. I love the, I love the positivity, the sex positivity of it. Uh, I love the production values. The reviews are great. I love that you're given a platform for uh, erotica authors. I think that's absolutely wonderful. I think we need to break through. Um, some erotica writers really should be doing better than what they are. We need to break through the stigma and the barrier that, uh, that surrounds erotica. Sex is a, a perfectly natural uh, phenomenon. We all do it. We all have it. We all masturbate. And we all watch porn or read dirty books or have naughty fantasies so anything any any podcasts like this one i they always get my you know wholehearted approval and i'll do everything i can to help promote it because I, yeah i've been listening to it really enjoyed it so really proud to be here and uh, thank you so much for inviting me on board and i uh, hope to speak to you again you're listening to all the filthy details <laughs> I think this would be a great time to hand over to someone from the erotica community with their fingers on the pulse. In our very first pulse session, Christian Pan introduces us to Isadora Oboto. Hello and welcome to Pulse Session. My name is Christian Pan and I'm delighted to be here with Isadora Oboto to talk about her project, My Horizontal Life. Welcome, Isadora. How are you? Thanks, Christian. I'm good. I'm so happy you invited me. It's a pleasure to talk with you for a little bit. I know a little bit about you through your book, My Horizontal Life, but maybe you can give us like a little bit of a pitch. What What is this book, if you were to tell someone who knows nothing about you or nothing about it? Yeah, so My Horizontal Life is the book about, it's, it's the first six months uh, when I got out of Juilliard and was overwhelmed by debt and a lot of other things and became an escort thinking I would only do it for a minute. And that was the first six months of it. And well, kind of my adventure becoming an escort and finding that it was a place for love, uh, surprisingly, and intimacy and connection. And so, yeah, it was a, a, quite a discovery to learn that it wasn't a business just about sex, but it was a business about compassion and love. It was very confusing because I had the same... Uh, things in my head that people do about prostitution. I was so scared and so ashamed. And uh, so it, when, it, when I found it as something different, I thought, this is pretty cool. <laughs> the book is about my discovery about finding something different in a business that I thought was going to be pretty scary and awful. You're now transforming that into a one-person show, which is performing in Chicago this September. 
Tell us a little bit about how you made that decision to take this book and make it into a theatrical performance. Well, yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> um, the book is not exactly the play. So the play I've been working on since I was a baby, baby child. <laughs> and it's taken all sorts of transformations. At first, it was a 13-character play of all different women. And then it became something else and then something else. And finally, in the past five years, a little before COVID, I started to really write it in my writing groups. I found that people were really interested in what happened after that first book. So the play itself then encompasses what would happen if I wrote the rest of the book series? So that's about five more books. Mm. So the book that you read, which is the My Horizontal Life, would be the first maybe two scenes in the play. And the play goes all the way much further oh, in wow. time. But then we had COVID. And then I thought, I'm getting old now. Really, if I'm going to do this play, mm. just do it. And I've been such a perfectionist. You know, I can only turn out a book every couple of years. And so anyways, I'm such a perfectionist. And I, I thought if I'm going to do this play, I better get down and do it. So it took me about another year and a half to get to this script. Really proud of this script. It's really, I think, the best thing I've written for myself. Was there any moment that was challenging in terms of making the script now? You said you started doing this around COVID which I think for many people was a reminder of how urgent life can be to do the things that you really want to do now. What was the most challenging aspect of making this script for you when you're going through that process? You know, because I know the story and every moment to me that I picked to put into that story was important for a reason. When it came down to creating a show that can only be like an hour or an hour and a half or, you know, within a time frame. I had to really get scalpel-like and say, this can go, this can go. And I had to like cut away things, details that I thought, no, that needs to be there. But luckily I have like Aubin, who you know, Aubin Philibon, who's amazing. And she was by my side and would say things like, it can go in the book. It just can't go in the play. Yeah. But you don't have to throw it away. You can yeah. keep it. Um, and I had people in my writing group that would say things like that, too. They would say, I want the story, but maybe a different show or maybe a different place. And that's how I was able to sort of let go. And when it finally started honing in, it really felt like laser sharp and it was moving. And then I thought, oh, now I could cut. You know, yeah. I see where it's going. But that I think it was a challenge to cut away because originally it was like three and a half hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nobody's going to sit down. We're going to have to pee. Somebody's yeah. going to have to get up and pee. <laughs> <laughs> Like any theatrical production um, before or after COVID, there's all the fundraising that needs to happen for assembling your artistic team. You need to book rehearsal space, you need to get a performance venue. But your project has also had the added challenge of how do you advertise a show in 2023 that's about sex and prostitution and sex work? Like, tell us about some of those challenges that you've had to overcome and how you did it. Yeah, I mean, you write erotica, so I'm sure you know some of these challenges. I know Amazon will kick you off of their advertising and you write actual erotica. Mine's a memoir with erotic elements in it. But the title of the show, My Horizontal Life, you know, spelled W-H-O-R, you know, that triggers all the bots. And even people are like, Mm, I don't know if I want to see this because they don't know that it's nothing, it's not much to do about sex, actually. You know, it's about something else. So we couldn't put the poster on Facebook because they would take it down. 
Uh, so we, we created a different little poster that said, here's a solo show that you're not supposed to know about, you know? <laughs> and we couldn't, uh, we created, I created my Steffi Haven Facebook and then had my book and they Facebook took it down. Wow. So I wasn't allowed to have that. Anything to do with any kind of sex, which is really weird. So yeah, so it's been a real challenge to get the word out. Once we got the campaign into onto uh, Indiegogo and onto Fractured Atlas, then we could point people places and then they could see it there. And now the poster itself is on the website of the Greenhouse Theater, which is the one in Chicago that we'll be playing it. So we can point people there. Tell us, is there anything you want us to know about the show? Like how can people see it? Are you going to have only live performances? Will there be live streams? Tell us. Well, it's such a good question, Kristen, because I... We had to do the campaign, as you said, and to raise money. And we did raise quite a bit. We're still about 10,000 short, unfortunately, which may affect our set. You know, we may have to go more minimal on that. There's there's things that it may affect. But because we are filming it, we wanted it to be everything that it could be in, in the film. So that's going to be September 19th through the 23rd at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago. The first two nights, which is the 19th and the 20th, if people wanted to go, they would need to just go onto our website, which is myhorizontallife.com. And this may be the one and only theatrical time, unless some theater picks it up. Yeah. Well, all the more reason for people to go to Chicago this September 19th through the 23rd and see... My Horizontal Life with Isadora Obodo. Thank you so much for giving us uh, some of your time. We'll put the links into our show notes and um, people can find more about you and My Horizontal Life there. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. So good to talk to you. So good to talk to you too. We are eager to collaborate with more erotica writers to solidify our position as the leading podcast within the erotica community. We would like to extend an invitation to various writers to join us on the show and share details about their forthcoming projects, partnerships, and thrilling releases from the erotica community. If you're interested in providing us with a brief on your exciting projects, please reach out to us via our Twitter handle. Now that's what I'm fucking talking about. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. It's time for Filth, the erotic book review. Find out which title we will be endorsing this month. Alex, you're listening to Filth, the Erotic Book Review. We have three captivating titles for you to enjoy in this episode. The authors have waited a month for this, so let's get started. Burning Embers by Megan Rose Fox. Valeria's heart was pounding hard as Air flipped them under them and began removing her clothes. Valeria had been naked in front of Air countless times, but they were always for a utilitarian purpose so that Air could see her wounds and see if anything needed to be tended in that moment. It was perplexing, then, that Valeria felt more exposed in front of Air in her bed than when they were actively inspecting her. Air's hand hovered over her breasts. Their green eyes shot nervously up towards Valeria. You still need to ask for permission now. But this was not about permission. 
This was Air giving Valeria one last chance to back out. A chance she would never take. Can I... Yes, she breathed. Valeria petted their hair and pulled the wavy black mop from its tie. Air's hair fell in loose waves around their shoulders. Yes, do whatever you like. Air leaned down over Valeria's heaving breasts. Reverently, they took her nipple into their mouth and sucked hard. Pleasure surged from their hot mouth and Valeria's jaw fell open. She had played with her breasts on her own, but it had never felt that good. She threaded her fingers through their hair, holding their head against her chest. Just like that, she whimpered. You like that, eh? Aire's green eyes flickered mischief as they slipped their hand between their bodies. Aire's deft fingertips slid between the lips of Valeria's sex, bringing slick fluid out of her with delicate short strokes. Love, you have no idea what's happening to you tonight? I'd like to know. Be patient. I've been waiting for this for so long I want to savour you. Flattery made Valeria's heart pound. How long have you wanted me? How long have you been waiting for me? Air's fingertips rubbed slow circles around Valeria's clit. Arousal swelled inside her as Air's hands worked over her. When Air sunk a single finger into Valeria's dripping sex, she threw her head back and bucked her hips up into Air's touch. Then they pushed another into her. Then another. Their fingers, dexterous and talented, had Valeria writhing. She had been more full in the past, filled with monstrous cocks, but nothing had ever felt like something designed for her needs. Air held her reverently, as if she were made of something special, but their fingers ravaged her. Air's fingers wriggled inside her, pressing against her and coaxing out mewling sounds from Valeria's lips. The pad of Air's thumb flicked Valeria's clit in a rhythm that threatened to drive Valeria to madness. Air's other hand was far from idle, gripping one of Valeria's breasts, squeezing her nipple between their fingers. Don't stop, she whimpered. Please don't stop. I won't stop. Come for me, Valeria. As if her body was at Air's beck and call, Valeria came with a scream like she was being attacked. Her ecstasy ripped through Valeria's body like a ravenous beast let loose. As her sex pulsed around Air's fingers, Valeria moved to clap a hand over her mouth. Air moved their hand from her breast to her wrist, pinning her arm to the bed. They covered Valeria's shrieking mouth with their own lips, smothering her with their tongue. She suckled on their tongue, weaving hers against theirs. Valeria's hips pistoned against Aira's hand, desperate for more friction to keep the wave of pleasure going. Even as the shockwaves of her orgasm were dying down, Valeria craved more of them. Beautiful, Aira crooned, pushing Valeria's hair away from her face to kiss her forehead. Still wobbly, Valeria pushed herself up off the pillows. Aira came up to give her the space to sit up. I want to see you, Valeria whimpered, her voice shaky with exertion. Of course, love. Aira came up onto their knees and began stripping off their work leathers. Each article hit the floor with a hard thwack until Aira's body was naked before her. Valeria laid a hand on their small breast, and in a mirror of their actions took their nipple into her mouth. Aira let out a soft hum and threaded their fingers into Valeria's long hair. Good girl, they crooned. Touch me the same way I touched you. Hearing Aira call her a good girl made heat rise in her cheeks. The need to please them grew from a whisper to a roar. Valeria trailed the tips of her fingers down Air's body over their stomach to cup the mound of their sex. Air's clit was smaller than hers, a bit harder to find and play with the same way that Air had touched her. They were just as wet as Valeria was, possibly more. 
Each attempt Valeria made to roll their slippery clit underneath her fingertip made Air breathe out in a ha. Era closed their hard thighs around Valeria's wrist, seizing her hand and pushing it further and further against the sensitive nub of Air's sex. I'll come if you keep that up, they panted. Faster! Valeria quickened her movements, eager to make them come, eager to feel their body convulse around her the way that hers had. Air had been inside of her, and Valeria yearned to return the favour. Valeria stretched her fingers to penetrate Aera's sex, but all she could feel was the very start of their opening, the rim of their cunt. It was just as slick as the rest of their sex and dripped onto Valeria's hand as she rubbed. Wet with Aera's arousal, Valeria's hand slid along their body, providing delicious friction. When Aera came, it was as if they were being shocked. Their body tensed hard around Valeria's hand as their breathing came in moaning gasps. Valeria! they hissed. The fluid from Air's sex came in a hot deluge then, coating Valeria's hand up to the wrist. Their body was tense, hard as they rode out their orgasm, before going nearly limp against her. Valeria chuckled and held them against her. Are you all right? <laughs> fine, they gasped. I'm fine, I just... I've never come that hard with anyone else. With some effort, Air picked up their head from her shoulder and kissed her. You're incredible. Stay here tonight? Of course, love. Air pressed Valeria back against the pillows and nuzzled in. I don't think I could walk back home right now, even if you were kicking me out. The first book of the Kaimor Chronicles. Valeria Starcent takes on the responsibility of hunting down monsters that are wrecking havoc near her home. She utilizes all available resources, including weapons, intelligence, and her physical abilities. However, a new threat arises, one that has a personal interest in Valeria. In order to safeguard everything they cherish, the monster hunter must rely on her closest allies for protection. Peeping Thomas by B.B. Pierce so, at Brian's coaxing, we both removed each article of our clothing as the sex scenes played out before us on his big screen. It was one of his favorites with an older female MILF was wearing a rather large strap-on and slowly slipping it up inside of a moaning younger man after having lubed it up in his horny puckered asshole one finger at a time until she had three of them thrust up inside of him while he worked his young naked ass back against them as if to force them deeper inside of his young virgin asshole. Looking over at one point, I saw Brian drooling, and I am unsure if it was from the pegging scene before us or the sight of him completely naked next to me, just as naked in his bed. Once the older female gently slid her fake cock up inside of the young man, he began whimpering and begging her for more. Meanwhile, he grabbed his hard, small cock and began to play with himself all the while as she was fucking him with a vengeance and talking dirty while calling him all sorts of vile, disgusting names, and making fun of the size of his cock as he stroked himself off for her soul-viewing pleasure. The fact she was talking dirty and humiliating him had Brian staring wide-eyed at the screen with his jaw open. Perhaps he was hornier than normal of the thought of seeing another male getting fucked up his ass while he jerked himself off wildly was a little more than he could sexually endure emotionally. I too was getting even more excited than normal from the lewd seductive scene just as the young man on screen yelled out that he was coming, he shot a long, endless ribbon of cum into the air and landing all over the face of the older woman, ass-fucking him with her big fake dick, just as she quickly pulled out of him roughly. Suddenly, Brian selected a new video. 
My eyes widened as did my naked, trembling legs as the large screen filled with the image of two young men jerking each other off. My hard cock throbbed with some sort of unknown kinky desire that I could not explain. Without warning, Brian reached over to wrap his warm hand around it, just as a loud moan escaped my lips. At the same time, he handed me another pair of Kara's dirty panties to smell. See what I meant? It feels so much different when someone else is playing with you, doesn't it? He announced proudly, as though knowing so much more about sex than me. My mind wandered as though I was somewhere else. The feeling of his male hand slowly massaging my stiff cock felt so good I could not believe it. Unknowingly, I laid back onto the bed and spread my trembling legs apart as though giving him full access to my aching young manhood. Her panties fell across my face as I inhaled her ripe, pungent scent to the fullest. This pair was the vilest I had ever smelled, and they were still warm. She must have just come in them before leaving for her trip. Suddenly, I found myself fantasizing about Kara being the one sitting naked in bed next to me, slowly stroking my stiff little cock. I imagined her young nakedness and smelled her raw, young pussy scent in the gusset of her bright red lace panties. I hungrily lapped and sucked on her fresh cum stain in the center. Brian's grip tightened as his pace quickened. Kara's smiling face flashed before my closed eyes, exciting me even more. I had never felt such intense sexual pleasure as I did that day. I felt my eminent, impending orgasm knowing full well I was entering that zone of no return. I had to come. I needed to so badly as Kara's young cum-spent pussy scent filled my nostrils as her taste lingered on my tongue. Brian was talking, yet I heard none of it as I was too busy warning him. His pace suddenly quickened as if he knew my immediate needs. Brian, yes, yes, just like that. Don't stop. Please don't stop. Faster, faster. Yes, yes, just like that. Jerk my dick off for me, please. I need to come so bad, so bad. Please make me come for you. I heard myself blurting out almost hysterically. Two things I realized that day was that Brian was so right about the bizarre feeling of someone else jerking your dick off, and that one day in the future I needed to eat Kara's hot pussy. Those lewd thoughts had barely escaped my mental notes just as my naked hips lifted from the bed. I felt Brian touching my full young hairy balls and his warm breath nearing my hardness. Just as quickly I let out a loud moan and felt endless streams of cum shooting from my hard cock into the air not knowing where they may be landing. However, feeling Brian's breath on the tip of my cock, some may have landed on his face if not his open mouth had that been his lewd, kinky intentions. My breathing was extremely heavy, as I could never have imagined coming so intensely. Not yet realizing it, I was hooked on having someone other than myself jerk me off. Suddenly, I could not imagine it being any other way. Removing his older stepsister's dirty panties from my face and lifting them to his own to sniff, he spoke. Well, what did you think? I told you it was so totally different than touching yourself. Oddly, I wanted to ask him how he knew of this then felt it best I did not know since it might have involved Kara. As I looked over to the screen, I noticed one of the young men was leaning over the other's large hardness and sucking hungrily on it as he was working his hand inside the crack of his ass. The man receiving this oral attention was whimpering and moaning before announcing he was going to come in the mouth of his friend. My virgin eyes widened as I witnessed my first gay blowjob. Never before had Brian watched this category of porn with me, and today here, we were naked in bed together, and he had just finished giving me the best hand job I had ever experienced, 
and now most likely it was my turn to return such a wonderful favor. Thomas, an 18-year-old, and his friend were caught masturbating while spying on two older women and a younger female acquaintance, engaging in explicit sexual activities. They were subsequently subjected to a night-long punishment involving various explicit acts, including oral sex, spanking, taboo encounters, amateur adult video making, ass worship, pegging, and more. Ruinous Attraction by Ruby Jones he knew he was desirable. He had resented it in the first years of his freedom. Admiration for his body had been what prompted his master Jiman to use him as more than a bodyguard, but there was nothing possessive in this wizard's glance, and he felt a kind of power in the way he could undo the man just by showing himself, a better kind of power than the soul magic that coursed beneath his skin. Arthur reached towards him, then pulled back. Do they hurt? he asked. The elder markings, I've never been with an elder kind before. Can I touch them? Ferdinand resisted the urge to fold his arms over his chest. Faint silver swirls curled all over his skin. Arthur wasn't the first human to want to touch them, but it was different in this context. For now, touch was the whole point. He nodded. They're not painful exactly, but they are sensitive. I'm used to it. You may touch, but don't use any magic. It can feel unpleasant. A look of pity flashed across Arthur's face but was swiftly suppressed. He ran his hand tentatively down Ferdinand's side. Ferdinand held himself still until he was used to the touch. It tingled where the wizard's fingers passed over the lines of power beneath his skin. The remnants of the souls of dead gods that the elders had somehow bound to themselves before diminishing through the centuries into the likes of him. Not a bad experience. The wizard's touch. Not at all and the look of fascination on Arthur's face was captivating in itself. With both hands now, Arthur caressed Ferdinand. Arthur's thumbs brushed briefly over his nipples before sweeping slowly down over his body. The thrill of progressive touches across his elder marks made him feel strummed like an instrument. He gasped and leant forward to kiss Arthur, enjoying the security of the wizard's hands on his hips. Then he pulled back only slightly and ran the edge of his long nose against Arthur's own whilst holding his eyes. Turn over, I want to take you now. Arthur's eyes widened and he pushed Ferdinand away. Uh, no, sorry, Arthur said, and again Ferdinand's stomach lurched. I mean, yes, by all means, take me. But not like that, maybe later, but face to face, first, if that's okay. Ferdinand held his face still to hide his confusion. As you wish, he said. If Arthur wasn't comfortable with that position, he wouldn't press it. There were others, after all. He gave a little tug on Arthur's trousers but you are still entirely too clothed. Relief in Arthur's smile was quickly replaced with a kind of naughty joy. Yes, sir. You too, sir. Ferdinand snorted and stood to remove his trousers. As Arthur divested himself, aware again of the wizard's eyes raking his form, they were both standing now, Arthur against the wall entirely nude, tall and lean and just muscular enough. Ferdinand bent in and ran his nose up the side of the wizard's neck. Then, just as he moved to suck on the sensitive place at the corner of Arthur's jaw, he grasped the man's cock. Arthur groaned and rocked forward into him. For himself, Ferdinand was pleased to feel the generous size and length of the wizard. He ran a finger along the prominent vein underneath and chuckled as the wizard squirmed. Gods, Arthur said, panting, did you not say something about taking me? All in good time, Ferdinand said, although in truth... The strain of holding back was getting to him as well. He ran his hand down Arthur's cock and worked his way between the man's legs, finding his puckered hole. Arthur squirmed. 
we need lube. Please don't do this without lube or oil or... something at least. Ferdinand flushed. He should have thought of that, although it was becoming hard to think of anything, really. Do you have any? If they kept some in here, I suspect it's gone by now. Arthur groaned. There's a, uh, healing oil in my bag. It's for sore muscles, but it'll do. Ferdinand nodded and felt around in the pile of clothing until he found Arthur's satchel and the small bottle inside. He held it up for confirmation, and Arthur nodded. He dribbled some on his cock and rubbed it along his length. Then he dripped some on his fingers and returned them to Arthur's hole. Ferdinand pressed one digit in, and... Gods! Arthur was tight, but he heard the wizard slow his breathing and felt him relax. He slid the finger in and out a few times, teasing the wizard and loosening him more. Then another slipped in. Arthur made a small noise. Good? Ferdinand asked. Yes, he panted. Very good. It, uh, it's just been a while. Keep going. Ferdinand scissored his fingers to gain some stretch, then hooked round and in, seeking the sweet spot that would... Arthur moaned, his knees sagging a little. Good? The wizard nodded, his eyes closed. Yes, yes, keep going. He pumped his fingers back and forth, enjoying the feeling of the wizard squirming about him. Then he drew back and plunged in a third. Oh, gods, Arthur groaned. I'm ready. Please, Ferdinand, I'm ready. Just get inside me. It was delightful to watch the wizard beg, but the urge to rut was almost overpowering now. He withdrew his hand, hooked one of Arthur's legs up to give him better access, and slid in. Delicious warm heat surrounded his cock, and the wizard bent against him, pulling his face into his chest, fingers running through his hair tingling across his scalp. He pulled back, almost all the way out, and then in again. Arthur cried out. He had found the right place, the right angle. He could make the wizard come completely undone, back and in again, and then falling into a rhythm, pumping into Arthur, feeling him writhing, completely at Ferdinand's mercy. Oh, fuck, Ferdinand! Arthur shouted. Ferdinand grinned. You're mine, wizard, he said, reaching a hand up into Arthur's hair and pulling him down for a kiss, just as he fucked forward into the hilt. Arthur bucked against him, his cock hard and trapped between them, and Ferdinand felt so completely in control. He came hard, and as he rocked back, Arthur came too, spent splashing between them. They stood together, clinging to each other, riding out their orgasms until finally the spasms finished and Ferdinand pulled free, still hard as a rock. The ruins beneath Mount Susurin are filled with magic and mystery, attracting Arthur, a scholar and wizard in hiding. Ferdinand, who has a connection to his ancestors' powers, joins Arthur on an archaeological expedition. However, they become trapped in an enchanted dungeon and must resist their desires. Will passion break down their prejudice and distrust? We had our star recommendation winning guest, Paul Garland, to help review these books. Here are his thoughts. So the first book I'm reviewing is Burning Embers by Megan Rose Fawkes. Burning Embers is a high-tempo erotica set in a high fantasy world akin to that of The Witcher or The Lord of the Rings, and it follows our intrepid heroine Valeria, a mercenary cum hunter, with a particular technique for slaying the monsters that haunt the realms of Embershore. She seduces them and has sex with them, lowering their defences or dealing with them using her powers of persuasion. This book comes with a warning of tetraphilia, that is an attraction to and sex with monsters, but I didn't find any of the sex scenes, and they are plentiful, offensive or over the top. 
Megan Rose Fawkes does an excellent job of bringing her characters to life. Valeria's outlook on the challenges in front of her helps the reader to quickly become accustomed to the vivid nature of this wild land, and her love interest, an elven rogue by the name of Air, who goes by the they-them pronouns, is a wonderful counterpart to the action. The world here is very done, very well built. The author obviously spent a lot of time developing their backstory and canon, and the locations feel as vivid as the characters. We have several factions giving the story more flavour, a roguish band of smugglers called the Daggers, and a sinister order of clerics, paladins and priests named the Order. To tell you any more would spoil the story, but all these details add to the story very well. The sex scenes are hot, although I did feel they could be longer. The pace of the story is good, there are no lulls or saggy sections of the book to lose readers' interests, and the story did feel slightly episodic, more like an exotic erotica than an epic fantasy novel, but that works just fine for me. Burning Embers by Megan Rose Fawkes is a good book. The author can write, her narrative and prose are excellent, and the book was largely error-free. I would recommend this as a fun read to anyone who enjoys good old-fashioned monster-fucking and who wants to get invested in a new fantasy world, because this book is only the beginning of Valeria's adventures. Peeping Thomas by B.B. Pierce is a sex-packed story that reads more like a memoir than a typical novel. Told in the first person, it recounts the experiences of a young, naive 18-year-old man, the titular Thomas, and his best friend Brian as they explore their sexuality. The story features elements of first-time gay, bisexuality, voyeurism, spanking and femdom and much more as they are caught spying and masturbating on their neighbours and are subjected, when caught, to a regime of punishment by the older woman and her friends. I appreciate B.B. Pierce's very vivid and deliciously dirty imagination, but the book would be improved by the story being broken into chapters, and the author does need to work on their prose and narrative style. The story is very well told, but in a stream of consciousness fashion which won't appeal to everyone. Several times the author slips into present tense from past tense and even breaks the fourth wall, addressing the reader directly, which could be a neat and unique touch if implemented well in the future. If BB continues to hone their craft, their future books could well be very promising, but Peeping Thomas wasn't quite the book for me. The story idea, however, is neat, it's very original, and the sex was arousing and exciting, so if you're, if you're interested in the themes mentioned here, check the book out on Amazon and other good ebook stores. Ruinous Attraction by Ruby Jones is a gay erotica set again in a high fantasy type world. The author skillfully crafts a captivating story of Arthur, a wizard with a penchant for the elder archaeology, and his guard, Ferdinand. Their attraction to each other is evident, but circumstances stop them from acting upon it. However, fate intervenes when they find themselves trapped in an ancient enchanted sex dungeon, forcing them into close proximity and an exploration of their issues. The narrative builds tension and, and anticipation when Arthur and Ferdinand discover the magical nature of their confinement and the area's focus on pleasure. The gradual intensification of their attraction is rendered very well, making for a fun and horny read. As the enchantment begins to fade, Arthur and Ferdinand grapple with the question of whether their feelings were mere products of magic or something genuine worth pursuing. 
The elements of hurt, comfort and erotic self-expression are expertly blended into the plot, adding depth and intensity to the character's emotional journey. Ruby Jones writes well. Her prose is descriptive, her characters are engaging and entertaining, and while I'm not a reader of gay fiction myself, I can appreciate the tension and eroticism in the sex scenes, and I'm sure any fans of the gay genre, especially if they enjoy fantasy type fiction, will enjoy this book. I'd like the author to expand on this world and develop more of the lore in future books, and I'm interested to follow them and see what work they produce in future. The fact that their book is part of a future series called The Susser and Chronicles indicates more hot stories to come in this fascinating world. My favourite book of the three I reviewed is Burning Embers by Megan Rose Fawkes. It was very close between the two high fantasy erotic books. Both are very well written, equally entertaining, but I had to admire the amount of world building that Megan has put into her story, and so Burning Embers edges it for me in these reviews today. Thanks very much to all three authors for submitting copies of their books for me to read. It was a pleasure to enjoy them and comment on them, and I wish all three authors the very best of success in the future. Of course, we had Di read these titles, and here are some of her hot takes. Sorry, Alex, Di is a no-show for this episode. I do have her transcript, so I'll read her part as if I was her. We had some great books this month. Let's start with Burning Embers by Megan Rose Forks. The last time I read anything by Megan, she was writing under the pen name Meg Wood. We read her Seeds of Darker Conquest compilation, which revealed all the talent which pays off in this book. Her writing style benefits from allowing the characters more space to breathe and the reader more time to become invested. She's winning the progression battle of her old self versus her now, but we're yet to see how this stacks up against the other titles here which I would argue are more salacious. Then we have Peeping Thomas by B.B. Pierce. Despite being aware of B.B. Pierce for a long time in the erotica community, this is the first B.B. Pierce book I've read and it's pretty damn impressive. Pierce's method of pushing the boundaries is not only engrossing but captivating. Thankfully the book was difficult to put down because the format could do with some work. These long blocks of text are incredibly challenging for a critic, never mind a reader. I do think a lot of you are going to enjoy this book as I have, despite the challenging ethics involved in this book, i.e. blackmail is alluded to. Personally, I can't wait to read another of their books. The last book I read was Ruinous Attraction by Ruby Jones. Ruby Jones is known for pushing boundaries in erotica, and this book is no exception. It follows two people with different skills who are forced to work together in a room with mysterious powers. Despite their initial dislike for each other, they are compelled to come together by an irresistible force. Just like her erotic android tale, An Unexpected Attachment, this breaks new boundaries in a truly groundbreaking, entertaining way. Time for our scores. Burning Embers is a 4.2 out of 5. I have personally conversed with numerous self-published erotica authors, and let me tell you, one thing they all consistently express is their burning desire for readers to dive into their books and leave reviews. After witnessing the immense effort and world-building that has been poured into this work, alongside the brilliantly crafted characters and immersive settings, it would be an absolute travesty to overlook this. 
While the frequency and intensity of the erotic scenes may not match up to some of the other books we've reviewed in this episode, the sheer intelligence displayed in the narrative and conflicts is something that any discerning reader would undoubtedly appreciate. As an ardent aficionado of heart-thumping erotica, I found myself yearning for more. And with the enticing promise of two additional books in the series, I have no doubt that our cravings will be satisfied beyond expectation. Peeping Thomas is a 3.7 out of 5. In life, we often encounter challenges, just like tackling a difficult recipe. We meticulously prepare all the ingredients and ensure they are in perfect shape before adding them to the dish. As we progress, the kitchen fills with delightful aromas. However, there is one small issue. We find it hard to step away from the pot, constantly tasting and refining the flavors to create a truly exceptional meal. This is exactly how I felt while reading this book. It's overdone. Phoebe Pierce's unbridled and imaginative storytelling deserve admiration. Undoubtedly, this is the most captivating and erotic title that I've come across this month. Yet I believe that breaking the narrative into more digestible portions would have allowed readers to savor and reflect on the groundbreaking moments in the book, such as the discovery of, of a neutral love interest or the revealing of a character's bisexuality. Nevertheless, I wholeheartedly recommend this author. With a simple change in format, I am confident that this book could easily achieve a remarkable rating of 4.1 out of 5. Ruinous Attraction is a 4 out of 5. One of the most admirable aspects of Ruby's erotica is her ability to break free from conventions, to defy the norm, and create something truly exceptional. Ruby Jones is a remarkable writer who fearlessly embraces originality, and this story is a testament to that statement. While it is true that guidelines exist for a reason, it does not mean that every writer should stick to tired cliches like billionaire tropes or hot wife stories. Selecting the right subject matter is crucial in delivering a truly seductive narrative, and I feel like this is where Ruby slightly handicaps herself. In this particular book, Ruby fearlessly explores the realm of dubious coercion through a type of hypnoticism, entangling two presumed straight males in an ancient Indiana Jones-style room. Though it may not sound immediately enticing, the undeniable talent and skill poured into this title and its characters make it an absolute must-read. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Megan Rose Fox is the undeniable winner of this episode's star recommendation for her captivating book, Burning Embers. Get ready to immerse yourself in this must-read fantasy erotica title that will leave you wanting more. We are thrilled to extend a formal invitation to Megan Rose Fox. We hope that she will join us on the show as our next featured guest. We can't wait to delve deeper into her plans for book two and uncover even more exciting details. A big thank you to all the talented individuals who submitted their books. Join us on Patreon to experience a wealth of scorching insights, from their pricing strategies to their choice of branding techniques. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. What people may not realize is that Alex is also an aspiring writer. She has a series on our Patreon called Perfiduous, which perfectly captures the essence of her work. Here's a sample for you to enjoy. 
This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description. I begin to steady myself, feeling better already to get the words out. I understand, Ben. What she did to you was cruel, and you deserve someone who values you for the person you are. I didn't want to admit this because she was so close to me for so many years, but I can't justify her actions anymore. You deserve better, and I'm sorry. Finished with my betrayal of Chelsea, I look back up and into Ben's eyes. His face has softened and he seems to be processing what I told him. My hands are still shaking slightly, and he reaches out and takes them, his smooth skin cool against the warm heat of my hands on the hot day. We sit in contemplative silence for a minute, breathing, looking in each other's eyes. I'm trying to give him a second to process, and he finally takes a deep breath, anger dissipating into confession. I think I always knew Chelsea wasn't right for me, he says. The confession sends shock through me, and I know it's written plainly on my face. Ben always made his love clear for Chelsea, taking such good care of her, part of the reason why I felt such resentment when she confessed her cheating to me. Chelsea was fun sometimes, but we never had that connection I craved. I tried to build it, and I think I always knew something was off. The cheating hurt like hell, but I can't say it surprised me. But I never broke it off with her, because I didn't want to admit to myself that I chose the wrong person. Taken aback, my lips parted as I tried to figure out what he was about to say. He couldn't be saying what I hoped he might, that he liked me. I wasn't going to get my hopes up, wasn't going to cross that line unless he did first. I wish, Haley, that I'd asked you out with me instead. My breath left me. Looking into his eyes, through his golden hair, down to his full lips and toned body, I didn't want to let myself hope or believe this was happening. I couldn't be with Ben. That would be an ultimate betrayal of Chelsea. And... And what? I asked myself. Chelsea has proven over and over in the last couple of months that she doesn't care about Ben, and she's losing interest in our friendship. She wounded both of us so recently in her hook-up with Jack. But then my hope fell. When, as he brushed his thumb over mine, Ben admitted, But I organised it when I heard she cheated on me. I'm moving to Brighton. Well, shit. I was almost ready to kiss Ben right then and there. I look away from him, worried I'll be unable to hide my visible disappointment. But he lightly grasps my chin and directs my vision back to him. I want you, Haley. I've always wanted you. My heart is beating far too fast. I don't know if I want to stare at him forever, look away or kiss him, but I can feel my face going red from my pure attraction at that movement and those words. He grabs a strand of my hair, pushes it behind my ear and whispers, Say something! I stutter, unable to figure out a reaction. What am I supposed to do here? He is moving away and I can't be with him no matter how badly I want to. It'd be betraying Chelsea even though she betrayed me last week, and betrayed Ben. And Ben is so kind and funny and goddamn attractive. Oh shit, I have to stick to my morals. We are in Chelsea's apartment, for God's sake. You should get your things, Ben. You can see the defeat in his face. If he wants me as badly as I want him, he's probably similarly crushed at this situation. His lips part slightly and he gets up from the table, turning around to go grab his things previously left at Chelsea's apartment. I get up too and turn around, hiding my face and looking into the wall. This feels so wrong. Every choice here feels wrong. But the only thing that has ever felt right is being with Ben. 
Maybe, just once, it's time to make the stupid choice. I spin around, ready to cross the room, but Ben has beat me to it. He walks the last steps to me, grabs my waist and kisses me. Our mouths crash into each other, greedy for more, hungry to release the tension we had denied existed over the past year. I wrapped one hand over his shoulders, while the other dove into his hair, enveloped in his smell of pine and sandalwood, as his tongue swept through my mouth in smooth motions. He lowered his hands, down my back and under my ass, prompting me to lift my legs up as I jumped up and wrapped them around his waist. Oh God, I didn't hope to think kissing Ben would feel just this good, and in Chelsea's apartment. But somehow the scandal of it all made it so much hotter. Ben, while holding me, walked over to the bedroom, where he placed me back down and began working his mouth down my neck, towards my collarbone. I let out a slight whimper and tilted my head, eager for more. When he was done, he pulled back, eyes looking into mine as he asked a silent question. I nodded, prompting him by pulling off my top, followed by my skirt, left standing in my underwear before him. I watched Ben assess my body, hungry eyes roving over every inch before I reached to undo his belt and he took off his pants. I crashed my mouth back into his this time, reaching back down to Palmy's rock-hard cock. We fell into a rhythm, my hand stroking him while my mouth kissed his with a greed to release the tension that was still wound up tight. I pushed him back towards the wall, dropping down to my knees in front of him. Our breathing heavy, I opened my mouth and began sucking on his length, my free hand stroking what couldn't fit in my mouth. Oh God, this feels so good. I can't believe this is happening, and I wouldn't admit to myself that I wanted this, let alone how badly, but now I'm here. I looked up at him, my head bopping up and down, my tongue swiping across the underside of his cock's head, back and forth, and he groaned and fisted my hair. My mouth and hand kept working, kept stroking, in and out in a rhythm that was growing faster and faster as it went. At the same time, Ben was groaning with increasing intensity, until he yelled my name, his legs shaking slightly as his cum filled my mouth, while I greedily swallowed it down. When he had well and truly finished, I rose and he backed me onto the bed, murmuring to me, I want you yelling my name, Haley. Not just now. We've started something that I don't want to stop any time soon. Lie down. I did as he asked, quickly sliding off my underwear as he rose over me, resuming our kissing. His hands roved down my body, and his tongue swept into my mouth as he stroked my nipples, hard under his touch. After a painstaking time of playing, he began licking and kissing down my body, all the way to in between my thighs where he started with a devastating lick. I moaned already soaking wet from how turned-on pleasuring him had made me, as his tongue swept up my folds and onto my clit, circling with increasing speed. It was my turn to grab his hair, panting, as he began working faster and faster. As if it couldn't get any more intense, Ben slid two of his fingers inside of me, his tongue and hands working in tandem. A moaning mess, I threw my head back, and it took another few strokes before I began to shake, finishing with more intensity than I ever had before. Holy fuck, I was moaning his name as he kept pumping his fingers and licking my clit until my orgasm was finally over. Please don't forget me. Remember to join us on Patreon to access all of our dynamic audiobooks and our exclusive podcast at an unbelievably low price. The links can be found in the description. Thanks again for joining us. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. We love discovering your comments about the show. We'll see you on Patreon or next time. See ya.